This is The Business Chat. And welcome to another episode of The Business Chat. I'm your host, Drew Moore. Today's guest is a lot of things. Uh, he's a friend. He's a rocker. Uh, he's a fellow fellow long hair, as you can see, those of you watching the video. Uh, a daddy, just and kind of a crazy person, everybody, that took a risk and has a story. And really, it's kind of still unfolding after the uh, polar vortex that just uh, passed through <laughs> Texas. Ryan Brown is my guest. Ryan, how you doing today? Man, it's uh, 73 degrees today. It was like seven degrees this time last week. <laughs> uh, you know what they say about Texas weather. If you, uh, if you like it, enjoy it while it lasts. If you don't, change is on the horizon. Yeah, so. just wait another minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I had a boss that used to tell me uh, that same analogy about my job. If I liked it, enjoy it while it lasts. And if I didn't, like, change was coming, which... I don't know if that was supposed to make me feel good about what I was doing, but uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> I'll take it, man. I think that's that's my favorite slogan for the week, probably. So, Ryan Brown, uh, you're in Austin, Texas. Ryan is our wireless sales corporate sales leader in that industry, turned gourmet donut and coffee, a master purveyor. It's Bougie's Donuts and Coffee in Austin, Texas. And while you're watching, uh, those of you watching can go to bougiesdonuts.com. Check him out in the local Austin area. Look him up. Uh, we'll plug that a little later in the show. But yeah, Ryan, welcome to the business chat. So you're here and you're not frozen, man. Welcome. It's just good to have you in one piece. Glad to be here, man. Yeah. Glad to be here. Well, so it's, you know, it's business chat, but uh, our shtick here is we like to plug a local brewery, roastery, uh, craft purveyor of sorts. So, so what are you drinking today, my friend? I got it. A couple today. I got uppers and downers. We got uh, take it. for the uppers, a uh, little shameless plug there, <laughs> Bougie's Donuts. I don't think you can see this in the, the webcam, but I've got Weathered Hands Coffee. They're out of Dripping Springs. It's actually uh, one of my baristas that uh, launched his own roastery. Okay. And phenomenal coffee, phenomenal roaster. Um, anyway, Mike, if you're out there, he's doing a great job. Phenomenal. And uh, we've been carrying him exclusively over uh, the 2020 season. Nice. And then... On uh, tap here in this uh, beautiful uh, business brew glass. I don't know if you can see that. Yep. <clears throat> business got, chat. Uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still am voting for the business Drew. Okay. I think <laughs> I'll talk with Ben. I'll talk with Ben about it. Great, great. The business Drew. We'll see. Uh, anyway, I mean, any, anyway, uh, but we've got uh, Fitzhugh Brewing. Um, my buddy Nathan over there is doing some amazing things. They just opened up here a couple months ago out in Dripping his Springs as well. Um, you know, trying to keep it, yeah. keep it local, uh, and, uh, support local as much as we can right now, especially in these crazy times. But, um, yeah, these, he's doing amazing things with beer and he's doing a lot of old world style beers, hmm. uh, kind of meddled with some new world style techniques. So it's really cool. Neat. And Ryan, for those, for folks that don't know central Texas, the Austin area, and it is an area, right? There's downtown and then there's just the sprawling and ever, ever changing and growing Austin. Yeah. Dripping Springs. If folks were downtown, what are we talking about? Is this 10, 15 minutes, a half hour outside of the city? I know, but for yeah, listeners, yeah, describe what Dripping Springs is. It's about a 20, 30-minute little jaunt um, southwest of downtown. Uh, and it is a, in heading out towards the hill country, so the okay. you know, topography starts to change a little bit. Um, it's just a beautiful area. It used to be a bunch of ranches, and now it's a bunch of uh, sprawling neighborhoods. So, <laughs> right, right. But there, we preserved quite a bit of it. Um, cool. There's a street called Fitzhugh and you can find a lot of breweries and wineries and good eateries just out yeah. in that direction. Great. 
Yeah, so if you're out that way, everybody, check out Dripping Springs. And again, Fitzhugh Brewing, Weathered Hands Coffee, great, so, so good. So here, and I mentioned to my last two guests, and we're still working through this, we talked through, do I, do I continually have the guests bring the beer? Do I partake? And so it's a challenge, right, to have to drink a beer on each episode, um, but I, I decided I'm up for it. And so out here, we, and we have so much craft beer in Southern California that there's we just quickly realize there's no shortage. So today is Thrill Seeker IPA from Beachwood in Huntington Beach, California, and it's a it's a nice, crisp, full-bodied IPA. You can check out Beachwood online and stores for those of you out this way. Um, yeah, so that covers our our drinking slot and spot. And I'll just here stop for a moment. And again, for those of you listening, you won't see, but. Ryan and I go back, so I've actually got some of the vintage yeah. first edition, right? Bougie's 20, 2016 mug and patch that Ryan's sporting today, so double cheers on that. Well, great. Again, man, it's good to have you. The series, you know, where um, I'm fascinated, and plenty of people are, with these stories, and yours is as real as any. Um, I got to just start this out and give me a minute here to just lay the groundwork. So, folks, I know Ryan. And we met in Austin, and both of us were pivoting in our careers. And it was on one of, I think, a couple drives as I was sadly leaving the beautiful state of Texas and uh, coming out west to the to, to the under new management California. We'll just leave that whole topic alone. <laughs> and uh, it was one of those spells on those long road trips, you know, where you and I had kind of done all the talking we needed to do. It's where now you're west of West Texas, and it truly looks like the moon. I think we'd worked our way through a couple of Radiohead records and honestly just trying to stay awake. And out of the blue, Ryan just takes a deep breath and kind of goes, I'm going to get into donuts. And so I just sort of turn the radio down and go just like that. And you just kind of had more to unpack from there. So that's, that was for me, you know, the moment I remember going, okay, I think he just, you know, he's a little dehydrated or something, but I don't know if you stayed up late one night and watched it, you know, some like HGTV special on donut making, but to, like share with me again, cause it's been some time back up and really what what happened were you selling you know cellular packages b2b one day and you just threw your laptop into the street and stomped on it and you know you were driven to the edge or was this a slow burn so yeah the hgtv like is not very far off actually <laughs> okay um so i worked in telecom for about 11 years yeah. in various roles always on the b2b side okay um all in while i did that i mean i guess if i go back a little bit further you know i'm a music degree, played music for a, a short period of time, yes. thought that that's what my path was. That's how we met. And that's right. That's yeah. Uh, and then that kind of fizzled. And so felt like I needed to replenish the coffers. Cause if you, uh, if you've ever met a rich musician, um, I mean, there's not very many of them. There's a yeah. lot of us guys that have, you know, thousands of dollars worth of gear in a little like, <laughs> uh, you know, beater of a car. Right. We're trying to carry it around in. Right. But, right. Yeah, so um, I got into to telecom really just to replenish my bank account. Support your habit. Hey. That's right. Come and on it was now. supposed to be like an eight or nine month gig, go back into music, go back into playing guitar. And, you know, I sneezed and it was 11 years later. Right. And, yeah. you know, never really felt fulfilled doing that. But, you know, you get sucked into that kind of corporate arena, sure. the benefits, the consistent paycheck, all the, the lures of, of corporate America. And 
Um, fast forward to year 11 at this point, we've moved from Houston to Austin mm. and, you know, new family, my, uh, daughter at the time, she's, she'll be six next month. She was six months old at that time. Oh, incredible. Yeah. New house. My wife had just gone back to work and, um, I get the notification that, Hey, uh, we're doing away with your department. And so there it is. Uh, we are also doing away with you and, <laughs> You know, it yeah. for some that would have been a huge blow for me. Sure. I've been, I think I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, and mm -hmm. I've always um, pursued side hustles while I was at um, that company, and nothing I gave my all. But I was constantly trying to think of ideas of things that I might do outside of uh, telecom, sure. and. Uh, as I guess luck would have it, I get home shortly after. I don't think I received my official pink slip yet, uh, slip yet but I knew that it was coming. And um, I get home. We had a nanny that was helping us out. And uh, she watched a lot of Food Network. And <laughs> as I'm uh, you know, dismissing her and grabbing my daughter, I catch the very last segment of this show called Unwrapped. And they're talking about donut robots and I'm going, what's a donut robot? I, that just sounds interesting. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and so later that evening when I had finally gotten, uh, Lily to bed, Lily's my daughter, by the way, um, mm -hmm. uh, little Lily jumped on my laptop and started Googling donut robots. And I think it was about three to six hours where I just went down the rabbit hole right. and started learning more about like the donut business. And as I studied it and as I like, you know, just kind of looked over it and, uh, considered, you know, I, I mean, initially there wasn't a thought of, I want to start a donut shop. It was just, what is a donut robot? But as I began to study it, I was like, man, there may be a viable business here. And right. I would much rather <laughs> sell donuts than sell cell phones. Uh, you know, when I would walk into an office, because most of the business that I did was, you know, C-level executives, sure. but there was a lot of cold calling involved, and you walk into reception, and you, you know, drop a card and let them know who you were, and there was, I don't remember the exact cartoon, but, you know, it was kind of like the sales guy would walk up, the sh the shutter would drop on the front desk, and they flip <laughs> the sign that says, out to lunch, That's it's right. like, we don't want to talk to you, yeah. and, you know, kind of the thought process was, what if I had a business where people not only wanted to talk to me, but they like came to me. I didn't have to go to them. Uh, and this idea of donut shop kind of started. And then I was like, what if it was a place that was really like invested in the community and, and a place where, you know, unlike my previous employer, um, my employees weren't just numbers or just these, you know, cogs in a wheel, but that they were, um, actual human beings that we try to invest into and try to, love on and really try to help them get from wherever they were to wherever they wanted to go. And, you know, whether that was like, you know, I want to work in a donut shop for the rest of my life, or it was like, no, this is just a stepping stone, yeah. like whatever that was. So no. And while you replenish yourself here for a moment on your uh, frosty beverage. So to set this up a little more to, um, you know, as a guy that knows Ryan, I can color the story a little more too. When the statement, I think I'm getting into donuts comes out. Those of you, again, that can't see Ryan or know him, it's it's just funny, you know, we humans come in all shapes and sizes, and Ryan comes in the chiseled, like, Brad Pitt from Fight Club, you know, shape. So, 
in general, you know, the guy you think of getting into donuts, right, is a guy that you go, well, you've already been into donuts. So here's this CrossFit guy that, you know, shreds on guitar and he's smart and sells. And I'm looking at him going, you just don't, you know, I think you can do it. But I'm going, okay, you're going to be the donut guy. So, uh, so I got to just, well, first virtual cheers. I'm skipping a little format here as we're kind of getting this show going. <laughs> there it is. Did it disappear? I, I Yeah, it's right. I know. Yeah, the disappearing glass. Yeah, these darn Zoom and Skype calls, right? Can... <laughs> Can you just answer one thing for me that I'm sure a couple of folks are going to be thinking or wanting to ask, does the donut owner eat his own donuts? Oh, the only donuts I eat. What are you talking <laughs> about? There's the right answer. Yeah. And so, so in general, back to your story and I'm teasing, Ryan, I know you, I, we've talked about that a lot about how you care about the quality and the, you know, the ingredients and all that. So, so Bougie's Donuts and Coffee was born, right? And when we were driving right. that day and talking, there was a story behind that, that you just caught me up to. Going forward, forgetting about me, although that was, we were talking, I remember you going, I'm going to get this thing going. And as uh, as we're, we're cutting to some images right now of the different things Ryan was doing and showing the early shop setup, skip now forward a little bit for us, right? A little 10,000 foot view. What all took place after that? So you get the pink slip. This did go down. This vision of a coffee house, of community is going. Talk about the steps to get there, right? Like, I really yeah. want to hear this idea of, you know, coming into flesh and bones. I mean, ideas are easy. Uh, lots of people have them. Um, we get a lot of those, like, I think especially for creatives, it's kind of like, man, this would be awesome if, or like, you know, totally. Uh, this would be super cool. Um, but then the steps to execution kind of fall flat or fall short. And right. uh, so I had this idea, you know, the donut shop initially. So a couple uh, cool little fun facts mm -hmm. uh, in that like, you know, three to six hour long discovery session I did on Google, uh, I found that donuts are second most profitable food item in the food chain uh, right behind potatoes because I, I know everybody is going to want to know what the first one was. So French fries, chips, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so donuts fall uh, number two in that. And then coffee is the second most highly traded commodity uh, in the world just behind crude oil. So wow. it's, they're big businesses. People don't think about them, low dollar items. So I saw things, some of those uh, things in the beginning and that really piqued my attention uh, beyond just the, hey, this would be a great way to just, you know, basically have my friends come over and- You're not just them. a dreamer. You've got the, you're looking at monetizing this and you're thinking of it like it's part of your sales bone and you can kind of think right. of the, yeah, sure, sure. So, um, between the time that I got, you know, laid off and, you know, I've had the idea, I'm starting to like really mull on it. Uh, funny thing too. So I brought the idea to my wife. Um, for those of you who are entrepreneurs who are married, um, you know, a little piece of advice, don't go, uh, jump on something until you've gotten at least a blessing from your better half. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, uh, has proven over and over again to be detrimental to relationships, I think. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so we're sitting there. On that uh, note, watching. Ryan, you can can you add? Did you have the enthusiastic support of your wife, who I won't name until you're comfortable with that, or oh, yeah. was that something she had to buy into? Right, like like bring that into it a little too. Right, when when you looked at me and said, "I think I'm getting into donuts," did did she know at that point, <laughs> or did she kind of have to bring it up? You know? Yes. So we had already talked about it. I think it was like the next sure. day after I had that you know discovery session. We're sitting on the couch. I think we're watching Netflix, and I kind of look over at her and I'm like, so. You know, 
I'm trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. Like, you know, what do you think if I open up a donut and coffee shop? And she said, yeah, yeah, sounds great. Let's go back to watching our movie. And so yeah, right. I was like, green light. <laughs> it's, it's all go. Like, you know, she said, yes, I got the blessing. Uh, Took that right out of the late night playbook, right? Just like, right. hey, like she's not really hearing me. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. But I mean, it, and we did have some serious sit down conversations course, later, obviously. And she's, uh, her name is Alicia, by the way, but she's really, uh, for me, I'm the guy that's always like, you know, looking on the horizon for the next thing constantly. Yeah. And she's my voice of reason a lot of times. Right. And so even on this journey, she was really like vital or played a vital role of like setting up um, kind of short term goals and helping mm -hmm. me like, you know, figure out like, hey, if we don't see progress on this by X date, sure. then maybe it's time to pivot and, you know, go back to looking for a, another cellular job. Mm -hmm. So or whatever that was. So she was. But she was also like gave me the freedom within that time frame just to continue to work and wasn't like hounding me every day. Yeah. So anyway, to back up. So have the idea and I start to study the market. I'm studying like Austin in general. You know, Austin, I'm from Houston originally. Houston, it seems like there's donut shops on every street corner and you can stand at a donut shop and throw a rock and you can hit another donut shop. The next shop. one, yeah. Just like they're all over the place. And in Austin, <laughs> They're a lot more spread out and a lot of very traditional donut shops. And Austin is known as a foodie town. Um, it's also a very small, has a small business centric like culture there where yeah. uh, the community really supports small businesses. And so I'm going, why, why is there a gap in the market here? Why, why did the, why do the donut shops, the gourmet donut shops, why do they not exist? Is it because Austin is just so healthy that nobody eats donuts here? And, mm -hmm. uh, realized again that that wasn't kind of the issue. So sure. Um, no, because you can get brisket covered in gravy with cheese on top right. with a side of sauce and a side of melted butter. So, you know, <laughs> donuts are on the menu. I got to ask one more question in there, Ryan. So when you, you just kind of hinted at something um, in terms of the absence, right, of that vision you have, would you say though, and I, this is me asking because I don't recall Austin did seem to have one or two of at least familiar chains or state or regional chain donut stores, right? Classic go and get your donut and leave, but not what you had, or you're not, saying to your, in not your, really okay. like they have had Shipley's, which Shipley's is out of Houston. Uh -huh. Um, I always felt like this, uh, I'm sorry if, you know, people that work for no, Shipley's. No, no, no. Right? Let's a little salute to Shipley's. Yeah. Keep doing I mean, what you're do doing guys. Job, fen phenomenal. I always feel like the Austin stores fell a little short and they're just, they weren't very concentrated. Um, sure. Funny enough, the I think it was a month before we opened up, Voodoo Donuts from uh, Seattle came to town, mm -hmm. and so like they were kind of the official like gourmet donut hitting the map. And Hit then we donut, have Bordeaux, yeah. which is regional there. They've got had a couple different um, locations, right? But theirs are their donuts are so over the top. I mean, they're great, but they're like dessert. You know, they're less of like the the breakfast fare uh, sure. or the the light, like just snack. That you're and that grab. brick and mortar experience for those of you hearing these names thrown around, Ryan's throwing them all out and I, I'm with you. So voodoo I've been to in Portland and I know what that is. Right. And big name, but also it's kitschy. It's got its own craft thing and it's not, it's not Starbucks for crying out loud. Uh, and then it's Gordo's you said, yeah, they're yep. that that's got their brick and mortar. Anyway, I know they break out and do some different things that I recall much more of that pub environment. Am I wrong? Is that kind of their thing? Is no, that's, donuts are a feature, that's exactly no doubt. Right. But yeah, the collective's not a coffee shop like you put together. So yeah. 
No, no, yeah, proceed. It's more of a, um, yeah, it's like donuts and beer, and then they do all kinds of sandwiches and everything. And cool concept. They have mm-hmm. like these cool Airstream trailers. Um, one of them focuses predominantly on donuts. I don't know what the coffee game is there, um, but it's not a coffee shop. It's not right. It's not a place. I mean, it's a place where you go definitely engage with the community, but just in a different way at a different hour. I mean, you're not going to wake up at your first thing in the morning. At least you shouldn't. Sure. Um, so that's, and, I mean, this is great as I'm yeah. continually interrupting you. I apologize, but it's fun no. because I've got my list of questions. I'm going, you just, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head on the next thing I wanted to say uh, is, so just to kind of in a couple sentences, what is then? Cause I'm hearing you, right? There's different models and you're going, man, the one I've got in my heart, in my mind anyway, that I can picture it. Why is that missing? So this is it. Drum roll. What is Bougie's Donuts and Coffee in terms of its mission, its purpose, the distinctive, right? This took a while to develop. um, And, you know, I've had multiple drafts and some of them were paragraphs long and you're trying to make it (laughs) clear and concise. And so, you know, what we landed on and really everything that we do, we view through this lens. Mm -hmm. But it's just three words. It's just donuts, coffee, community. Great. And so... It's very simple, but it's very, in my mind, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we think about like anything that we do with the business, it's like, does it involve donuts? Does right. it involve coffee? And, right. and then, you know, beyond that, because those are the two first things on the, uh, on the, in our mission statement, we need to put high priority on the quality of that product, you know, the care we put into it, mm. the presentation, all of that stuff. And then community is, that's our our customer base, but really that's, that's why we are in existence. And that gotcha. community goes two ways. It's not just on the, uh, the other side of the counter from us. It's on both sides of the counter, right? So my employee base, how do we create a community within our space that really makes our employees feel cared for, mm-hmm. uh, feel seen, which I feel like in today's, uh, culture with, you know, social media and everything, people want to be seen. Sure. Um, and how do we make them feel loved? And then on the other side of the counter, the same thing. You know, how do we yeah. create a space that people come into and it almost feels like a second home or a second kitchen to them? And you know, it's the place where they <laughs> want to take their friends when they come into town because the donuts and coffee are good, but also because the memories they have there are amazing. And hopefully, we're creating a spot that, over you know, time, a decade away, two decades away, that their kids are now bringing their friends or their, you know, peers back to, because there's nostalgia there of this is what we did or their kids even. Right. When I was a kid, I came here with my mom and dad and I just had great memories here. See, this is fascinating to me, Ryan. Like, and a lot, and a lot of the folks listening and watching, I hope agree with the, the, the real marvel, the thing happening here is here's a guy, musician from Houston, uh, job to have a job, right? Pay the bills. Everybody, every listening can relate to that. There's bit, there's a bunch of head nods happening. People, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're thinking <laughs> the thing they did to make ends meet. And even after the the degree, right? You come out and go, oh, I guess this is kind of where I have to get things started. And you blink. And as you said, you said it really well, like 11 years goes by and you just kind of take the moment when they're handing out sort of the layoffs as it were and say, all right, they've been waiting for an excuse anyway. And a lot of, a lot of, including myself, a lot of folks don't know owners like you, uh, behind a counter, apron on, covered in flour, doing your thing. We look and go, yeah, that guy's a donut guy, you know, just cerebrally, right? We're looking at you going, it's what you do. It's what we think of the mailman. It's what we see with the, uh, you know, the salesperson we meet, it's anybody. And it's so cool to pause and go like, here's a guy that 
is not from this, right? You literally started from scratch. And, and then all this care, as you're talking, I'm just going, I, are you hearing yourself? I mean, you've got so much, so much love and passion. It's very, it's very uh, poetic almost of like, <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid and people making memories, I'm going, yeah, that really goes beyond donuts and coffee. And with respect to the chains, you know, the bigger names, they, it's not even that they don't want that. I don't doubt that at McDonald's corporate meetings, I actually probably bet there's that guy, right? It's Starbucks going, how do we do that in the community? But they literally have their hands tied. They're unable to have the same high touch that you're able to have. Just, yeah. It's, it's hard, I think. And, and this is something that I wrestle with too, because I mean, our vision and my hope uh, is that one day we are multi-location. Sure. And I've got a big vision for where, where I want to go. I'd love to be global at some point. And <laughs> very cool. Okay. I, you know, I have, you know, you know, different charities and things that I want to support with our business. Mm -hmm. But, you know, one of the things that I guess keeps me up at night is like, how do we maintain the culture that we have in this one little, I mean, we're in a strip mall. It's not like a super cool from the out exterior. It's not a super yeah. cool shop. It's not what I wanted. I wanted this like, you know, very unique uh, standalone building, you know. Oh yeah, with a garden and you know RV yeah. park. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. People yeah. hugging each other. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Tables, little stage out there. We could do live music venues, all that kind of stuff. Okay, but, okay. You know, and that's a whole other story of you know getting to the space that we were the in. Location, but sure. Um. Anyway, like, I uh, I just lost my train of thought. Is what just happened. That's perfect because <laughs> I've got a question for you that probably will okay. help that train of thought. So. You have this story now everybody's catching up with going, man, okay, we get it. Here's this, there's this rocker, this guy that's that's had to sell, does, does what he does, and now he's found himself in donuts. I think first I of all- I my hair. You did, you yeah, did. I you was, actually literally had yeah, to- I was like clean shaven, <laughs> like no hair, like, yeah. Right, right, right. It's, it's back. It's okay, guys. For those that can't see, it's back. It's back. It is legit back, by the way. It's about to go Willie Nelson on us, in fact. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, two things and i'm reminded in my trusty notes here ryan why bougies what's with the name we, we skipped over that like we skipped the cheers yeah. bougies you know we got people reading it saying it the wrong way you didn't pick the easiest name to say brother but yeah. you're confident you love it what is bougies what's the joke here I'm, I'm i want everyone to get this so i guess there's two versions to the story uh one's just a uh, more concise version uh it's named after uh, one of my dogs so <laughs> i have or had two boxers um and the very first dog that my wife and i got as a couple um i'm his, gonna get misty don't do this to me come on <laughs> i'm a dog lover he, yep yep he, he was an amazing dog um we you know we, we, I bought him while we were dating and mm -hmm. we used to joke before we got married that, you know, should something happen, we broke up, whatever, that, uh, we would have joint custody on him. He was just, he was, had a lot of personality. Um, and really his, so the breeder named him Rocky. And one night she and I were sitting at home, uh, watching movies. Apparently we watch a lot of movies. So watch movies. <laughs> Everything happens business. on the couch like, with yeah. Ryan and his wife. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just watching movies. But, um, I don't remember the name of the movie. It doesn't really matter. But uh, one of the characters refers to another character as Bougie Boy and was, you know, kind of giving him the uh, a jab saying he was just, you know, so fancy. And he's like, you're so bougie. You don't even know it. Bougie. Well, bougie. Okay. Rocky. Uh, it was a, a flashy brindle boxer, which if you don't know, it's just he's got a big white collar, uh, has kind of like the tiger stripes down the back and just beautiful dog. But he was very like posh, like in the way his mannerisms and just 
She was bougie. Dog people and get this because I get it. You have certain dogs and it's hard to describe the non-dog people that you see dogs and you're like, man, you really got your chin in the air. You really think you're all that. And, right. you know, you got dogs that got the attitude of the guy that's just happy to like that he made it out of prison or whatever. Like, so you clearly had that dog, right? He just was a high stepper and had well, a silk pillow, you know, turned to him and were like, bougie boy, you know, that's like, that's your new name. Bougie. So that became his nickname and really like the name that we would refer to him mostly. And, uh, you know, so fast forward and, and for those that don't know, bougie, like to go back in history comes from the bourgeoisie like time period. And it was where this, you know, very like, if you've heard of like a proletariat, it's like in the bourgeoisie class, there are two uh, social classes that were in conflict with each other. Um, one of them was very uppity, you know, kind of the elite, the ruling class, and the other was the working class. And so anyway, I'll tie that into the donuts here in a second. Um, <laughs> the point is status, right? It's all about class right. and status. Bo- it's all bougie, about class yeah, and status. Okay. And so uh, when... We were trying to come up with a name for the donut shop. I had a couple different like ideas, but one of the very first ideas was Bougie's Donuts, and I just thought, what a cooler way like to like pay homage to this our first fur child, if you will, and kind of immortalize him in uh, <laughs> lights uh, above the donut shop. Yeah. And uh, anyway, um, and then as we kind of started working through the name too, like it worked because over time, and we kind of skipped some of this part of the story, but. I had done some travel to like LA and to uh, some other markets and really tried to study, you know, on the East coast, trying to study donuts and the donut culture there and trying to understand like, what were we missing in Austin? Right. And what I found pretty quickly was it was the gourmet donut. It was, and not Uh, just like the donut that you poured cereal on. um, (laughs) I'll take a a dozen, I'll take a dozen glaze and it's three bucks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, how do we, and so we wanted to be gourmet. And so the idea was like, this is a, a elevated donut, a very bougie donut. And so, you know, where I didn't want our shop to have that vibe of being kind of stuck up or elitist with our coffee and our donuts. Um, it was kind of, it's a tongue in cheek, kind of a, almost a poke at ourselves to say, look, yeah, we're gourmet donuts, we're craft coffee but we don't take ourselves too seriously. And we're so much so that we're going to even call ourselves like right. bougies donuts, right? And for those of you listening to thinking, you know, that answer to my question, what, you know, why bougies and Ryan, I think you've been going on for seven minutes on the answer. Just so you know, <laughs> owners care about their names. <laughs> right. There's a story, there's a dog, there's tears, there's, there's narrative. There's even road trips sometimes behind the well, simple once you name. Once choose it, you're stuck with it. That's right. right. <laughs> you can't like shake it. So like, I saw I the best of- quote, Ryan, Dave Grohl goes, he goes, man, if we had known that this Foo Fighters <laughs> thing was going to take off, we would have called it something else. Something cool. Like- yeah. I was crying. Like, I go, that's that. It was so honest. Cause he goes, Foo Fighters, but the stupidest name on the planet, you know? But yeah, so bougies has intentionality. That's an understatement. Um, you've thought through the irony right in this status class snobbery thing and you're going it's donuts and coffee you know it's it's disarming in that sense so that's neat that's cool I, I you know and so that's i think you've really given us that picture of the care of the name right the love for community the yeah the different uh research that you did that built into all the things that you were doing so as you built out the brand and the store and the business and you're going through, now you're getting kind of lumped going, all right, got to find property. need to hire people. I have to pay taxes. I have to get flour and sugar. And I'm here before everyone and staying after everyone. This is the part that 
fascinates me. A lot of young entrepreneurs, aspiring guys twice her age looking to pivot are interested in what you're about to say. What was surprisingly, if at all, by the way, what was expectedly maybe, you know, either or hard. And what was, you went, wow, that actually, like that is in my DNA. I kind of breezed through this thing. And here's something that, man, I did not get the memo. I had no idea this was coming. Give us kind of that, you know, I guess pros and cons, the, the difficult and easy things that you faced in the actual physical, yeah, execution of this bougie's donuts. Yeah, I think um, it's a misnomer to think that there's like a one like specific thing, right? One hurdle that you're going to have to jump over <laughs> right. uh, in order to make it happen. Right. And what I found when I was getting this started, I mean, fortunately, we live in the age of information. You can Google pretty much anything. Oh, man. Um, you know, when I was trying to come up with like a business plan, I literally just typed in, you know, donut shop business plan and up comes a template. And so then I you hear that everybody, in. we are doing that in business. We're Googling right. things because to Google it is okay. <laughs> Cause there's well, rocket and, scientists on Google, like giving away free, like, you know, recipes and stuff. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I think, you know, initially like I had never started my own business, much less my own brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Austin, um, can be a challenging city at times to get, you know, permitting and, just mm -hmm. to figure out who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? You know, I, what is code and how do I bring a business to code? Sure. And what's a certificate of occupancy? And like, you know, right. how, how many bathrooms do I need in my business? And how many screws do I need in each stud that's, you know, screwed? And it's, it was, it's all simple stuff you can t typically find online or you can find somebody. Um, but it, it does take a lot of perseverance. Sure. It takes a lot of determination. And so, um, those were some of the, the challenges in the beginning. I think the other thing is I thought the people aspect of it, I was going to breeze through, uh, you know, the hiring people. And, and then I had kind of this, um, idea that we would be like a family and I would hire these people and they would stick around for at least a few years. And, you know, we would just like, you know, sing Kumbaya after every shift and like, <laughs> you know, cheers and whatever, like sure. it was going to be amazing. And what you find is that, you know, people have their own aspirations, they have their own, you know, desires and things that they're looking to do. And uh, you may be just a pass through. Uh, you right. may be a stepping stone to whatever they're going to. And was that, was that, did that sting a little at first? Oh, dude, it's still every time. Like it's, it's hard. Hey boss, can I talk to you for a minute? And you're going, I know where this is going. Right. Can we talk it's, after my shift? Okay. <laughs> I think the difference is, is that, as I've done, I mean, so we just celebrated four years last week. Okay. Um, so still very new. I, I feel like still right. kind of a baby. But the longer I've done this, the easier it is to predict, uh, to see the signs, like the writing on the wall, when somebody's losing interest, when they're, um, you know, kind of fizzling out. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in their, like, productivity. The the ones that sting the most right now are, are the ones that have only worked for me for two weeks and they're already hitting the wall and oh, man. one ejected. It's like, man, we've we barely got you through training. Like, you know, we've invested time and money and you know effort into you. We've had you as an extra body, um, yeah. and you know you're piecing out on us. So right. anyway, so that's been the hardest thing. Maybe the easiest thing, uh, which I thought was going to be the hardest thing, was the actual like. Um, creation of the donuts and the ideas. Um, That's know, good news. <laughs> I'm glad that part it, was, yeah, yeah. Which is funny because, 
you know, I when I decided to open up the donut shop, I had no had no experience in donuts, like zero zilch. Um, I think it was like month like four or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it took us about eighteen months to open up from the t- the inception of the <clears throat> idea to the actual first you know customer walking through the doors. Yeah, and uh, at some point I was like, you know, I guess we're headed down this path. Like we're pretty far down. I should really learn how to make a donut. And again, with the power of Google uh, and YouTube, looked up a recipe and made my first batch of donuts in my home kitchen using like my oven as a makeshift proofer and like a little home personal fryer. And uh, oh, man. Lo- I'm loving took this. Took all That's the donuts so I funny. made. I just it was just like just standard <laughs> yeast trays glazed donuts. Took them all to a bunch of kids. And they were like, "Oh, these are awesome!" I'm like, "Sweet!" Like right. I feel like I can check that off. And then you know, fast forward to. Uh, it was like a week before we opened up the shop. Um, I had a consultant come out because working in a home kitchen and working in a commercial kitchen, completely different animals. You know, the equipment is different size. I can the, see that. Absolutely. The batches, yeah. everything is a little bit more intimidating. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of your like little half pound or one pound like flour bag, I have a 50 pound bag of flour that I'm you know pulling from. So anyway, they gave me three days of training the week before we opened up. And so that's when I really officially learned how to like do everything. <laughs> right. And right. then after that, they're like, all right, sink or swim. See you later. You know, like, uh, but I feel like th- that's stuff and there's an art form. So I don't want to discredit those like pastry chefs that are just like phenomenal sure. at what they do, but just getting into it, the entry part of it, like that was easier maybe than what I thought. And then again, hard because there was no sleep because I didn't, I'm a night owl <laughs> and for whatever reason, like picked a business where you're supposed to be up at two o'clock in the morning right? and, you know, work until then if, if you're actually making the donuts and then have to manage the business, you're not getting home until six <laughs> o'clock at night. That's so. a great response, man. And, you know, it, it's funny because as I'm looking at now who you are today and thinking a little bit in my own life and no doubt, again, people listening and watching are piecing together who they are um, as we're, we're, you know, we're at the ripe age of 24 and 25, right? You know, we're getting on, I'm kidding. <laughs> But yeah, as as middle-aged guys of who we are, you know, we we definitely so there's two things I'm I'm noticing. Um consistency with the folks I interview and meet entrepreneurs as you're looked at, whether you view yourself as that or not. It's not so much that we're good at things. Um and we might be You didn't say successful entrepreneurs. There's a difference <laughs> right. there. Entrepreneurs, because <laughs> as you're talking, you're like, I better learn how to make a donut. I'm laughing going, that's consistent with just about every other Tom Dick or Harry I've talked to. Because there's a confidence and a gut instinct going, I know I can figure that part out. It's And it's not unfounded all the time. It's because you've done that before. And you've told yourself, I don't need to learn the charts for this gig. If I show up, I can, I'll figure it out. And in sales, I don't really remember the KPIs and the points and the thing for this thing. But And you've proven to yourself that there's a, what, I mean, whatever you want to call it, right? There's 25% BS. Yeah. There's some facts, you know, facts that you can bring. You have to be a little bit of a wordsmith. And uh, anyway, yeah, you, you definitely have the making. So I'm watching, I'm watching you kind of progress the story and it, the great answers to what was hard and what was easy. I definitely can see that there's probably 15 of each other ones, right? But kind of focusing on that bit for a minute. Now, I, I guess the next piece of this would really be, again, facing, you know, the audience would be, to the guy or gal or team or whoever listening that really specifically to your niche, right? To donuts and to brick and mortar in a community. Cause this is such a neat model you're talking about. Um, last, last week we interviewed a guy that left, uh, you know, the, the, the seminary path to go into preaching, to go into the business of religion as it were. 
uh, just pivoted and said, now I'm going to open an indie theater. And he's got this very hyper-local south of Minneapolis, Twin Cities, and Rochester, this wonderful theater model. So a lot, of, a lot of this is popping up. There's the big model, there's the mid, but I'm Ryan. I'm going to get this thing, get it right. And sure, here's, here's to going global one day. Right, yeah. But you're really cracking that thing of like Austin and Austin's people. So drum roll to the question is this, like what, what would you recommend? Like what's your, what would you have done differently? And what would you to advise kind of to another aspiring entrepreneur in your shoes? They're right behind you. They're right ahead of you in life. But the point is they're ready to take a risk and you kind of have, you have the playbook now, right? You're all bruised right. and beat and you're like, look, here's the things. And that's, that's another hour. I know. So what would you say would be in, in some kind of little paragraph, the things that you would get them ready for, give them the haikus, so to speak, <laughs> you know, be yeah. patient, be kind, you know, those kind of things are helpful for people, right? They need to know that stuff. You know, I- there's a lot of a lot to unpack. There are a lot of things that I could you know advise on, but I think some of the big ones are have a plan. Like mm. you know, we were just mentioned a business plan. Like I can't tell you how many young entrepreneurs or uh, aspiring entrepreneurs that I talk to, and they're like, you know, I want to own my own coffee shop one day, or I want <laughs> right. to own you know do this or do that. Yeah, don't you know, we I, all? I, and you ask them, and, and I was the same, right? I've had other businesses and. Um, it was always like we would start the business and then we'd start to try to write the plan of the business after we had already started it, you know, but the plan yeah. was going to match what we had been doing. It doesn't work like that. Like, okay, you need to actually sit down, put pen to paper or fingers to keyboard, however you uh, mm-hmm. prefer and really think through like this is a business. And yes, like there are a lot of things like culturally and socially that I want to do with my business, but ultimately the, the, you know, point of the business is to create an income be profitable maybe that's not yeah, yeah unless it's a not-for-profit right but like you got to figure out what those uh you know you mentioned kpis key performance indicators are <laughs> right. for the business and what constitutes success for the, the business okay. and then how do i get from where i am now to that point of success and Love you know it. that could be anything yeah. from you know for me i have a donut and coffee shop so I need to sell donuts. Well, you know, reverse engineer your costs, you know, from the, all the utilities, the overhead, their cost of rent, the cost of labor, sure. all of that. Work your way down and just make educated guesses. It didn't have to be exact because you're not going to know everything, mm-hmm. but put a plan in place and say, okay, well, I need to sell X amount of donuts a day. So is that reasonable? Yeah. Um, and then go from there. But I think the business plan is the biggest thing. Get a plan. Yeah. The plan's huge. It's just overlooked. Mm-hmm. One um, I'll throw at you. It'd be great to get your comment on this. So as I was starting my own, you were starting yours and we were very busy and six months at a time would go by. And I remember shooting your text in particular and saw your Instagram and there's plywood and paint everywhere and permits. And I go, dude, you all right? You know, how's it going? And uh, you said, you know, such and such is delayed. Some inspection. I forget exactly what. Yeah. It should have been four weeks, you know, and I said, so basically what you're saying is, you know, if they say four, double it. And I remember your reply, you said, try triple. Yeah. You, you were like, if I'm told it's going to be four weeks, Ryan started learning it, that means 12. So I feel like not putting words in your mouth, but wouldn't you agree that in general, because I've experienced that most folks listening know this, you know, what's on, on the plan. So you just said, have a plan. And I feel like kind of a, a bullet is, and by the way, <laughs> make a plan, but just relax a little bit and have practically the funding and have the patience to know it's going to take nine months, not five, you know, that kind of thing. 
I think they have a plan and have a buffer. Maybe that's the two. Like, there you go. Have a uh, buffer. Yeah, that's a big it. term, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, buffer on time, buffer mm-hmm. on finances. Um, and, you know, you can still stick to your plan, but yet be flexible on the plan. And right. there may be things, you know, situations. Uh, you find that your business kind of takes a life of its own at some sure. point. Sure. And you can put all the things on paper and you can have all the ideas. But as it starts to take off, it's mm-hmm. like another life and it has its own personality, sure. like things that you didn't even anticipate. And so, and, you know, learning how to kind of harness that and, you know, it's like, oh, you know, baby horse or whatever, when you break a horse, you know, it's like this <laughs> bucking bronco thing. Yeah. And you have to tame it, tame it. You yeah. know what the parents look like. And so you could kind of anticipate what the, the cult was going to look like and, but you don't right. know the personality of the horse or any of that stuff. And so that's, I feel like a decent analogy for like a business. Once it starts going, then it's your job just to manage that thing and make it the best horse in that, you know, thoroughbred, if you will, uh, that you can, you can make it. Well, I mean, in the analogy of, you know, life being a ride, things being a ride, like the ride on the horse. I like that. Cause it's, it's crazy. And then later you're like, Hey, it knows your voice and it's the stroking the mane and it's calm, but that's like year 10, you know, but it can still kick you in the teeth. <laughs> where's the horse, where's the bougie's horse today, Ryan? Do you have it finally kind of like, you know, not kicking you in the face basically? <laughs> uh, it depends on the day. Um, <laughs> you know, I was telling you earlier, you know, yesterday, so we had this big like winter apocalypse, oh, snow, snowmageddon, whatever you want to call it in Texas. Like, I don't know super- when you guys are listening to this to the audience, but you know, in the third week, help me out, Ryan, second week of February, a sc- yeah. Ryan and a scattering of friends and professional contacts in central Texas. And I'll add this did not forsake Louisiana and some other areas. Got some interesting weather understatement. Texas gets like ice classically. Eight- right to- you know, inches of snow. <laughs> this wasn't there ice. Are this videos, was... <laughs> you can go on YouTube it of people like snowboarding down Barton yeah. Creek trail, like ridiculous. It's right. not, I'm in, I'm in 41 years. I've never experienced anything. Yeah, like no, this. we're showing so. images right now of the city and of the area and of random stuff we found on the interwebs of this uh, anomaly of literally it turning into an apocalypse. And like you said, it's 70 something today and you know, people are grilling. So Texas, man. Yeah. But because of that, like yesterday, you know, when people ask me what I do, um, it's funny. Cause I really feel like the more honest answer is like, I'm the janitor, I'm the courier. Yeah. Sure. You know, I'm the maintenance guy, like all the things. And really that's a lot of my job is just keeping the thing running. Right. I can, relate. um, yeah. so like yesterday, yeah. We couldn't get uh, deliveries. Uh, one of our vendors is out of Dallas, you know, Garland actually. And so um, I had to get up and make the trek round trip to Dallas and back. And, you know, while I'm on the road, I get a text, hey, one of the outlets is, you know, having issues with the shop. And, and this is something too, I think as an entrepreneur, you have to decide like how involved do you want to be in your business? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can ever truly be a business owner and not like, not know your business and not, you know, be able to, right. uh, you can't just be completely dismissive of it, but, um, some owners are really like in the nitty gritty all the time. I'm, I like yeah. being hands-on and I don't like paying repair guys. So, uh, <laughs> that makes, that makes you a particular brand of right. owner, but I know, I know you have seen how you work and anybody that doesn't know you wouldn't matter anyway, can see you, you're having success working like that. So it can be done. Um, and you're also able to come up to 10,000 feet and think about branding and marketing and all that stuff. So that's, yeah, I kind of bounce back and forth. I yeah. think 
my goal is to get to a point where I'm working um, on my business, not in my business. Uh, when we first started the, the business, I was the guy that was getting up every morning at you know 2.30 a.m. in the morning. I'd be at the shop by 3 a.m. We literally, I'd work until we closed the kitchen down mm. at like 10 o'clock. And then I would you know take off my baker hat and put my manager hat on. And I'd take care of HR, payroll, uh, you know, all the other pieces of the business, marketing, branding, and not to mention husband and daddy. And yeah, well, I would get, I mean, (laughs) ultimately my wife and daughter kind of got the shaft on that because I would get, they would get me for 30 minutes to an hour a day and I'd do that six days a week. And on the seventh day I would be so like exhausted. On the seventh day he crashed. Yeah. Yeah. I would just be (laughs) out the entire day. Right. Uh, That first year I felt like I was drunk off of just exhaustion and, uh, adrenaline and all Mm -hmm. of the things that were pushing me through, um, to make it happen. But, but yeah, so there, there will be owners that too, that just, you know, it's an investment they're making into a business and they have ideas. I'm trying to get to a point where I'm hovering over the business. I feel like I have the best grasp on controlling it and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, having vision for it and being creative with it by not being the guy that's there day in and day out. I'm still there a lot. I'm still there mm-hmm. you know, usually five, six days a week. Sure. Uh, I just may not be there at 2 a.m. anymore. And that's sort of that nostalgic picture, right? Of the owner. What's the what's the show? Undercover Boss. So yeah. the guy that, you know, and, and in general, we all, you know, the entrepreneurs, myself, you, and really everybody listening is, the ultimate picture is where you don't have to work on it, or in it, I'm sorry, in it. You don't need to. But you're not too cool to put an apron on. In fact, right. you're not only going to wear an apron, you're looking at the trash outside in the parking lot near your front door and you're seeing the employee kind of their back's a little sore. They're just a little down and you're you're running all over patching it. But at the same time, you can't have your elbows metaphorically, you know, elbow deep in, in, in donut batter where you can't um, talk to other coffee suppliers and and talk about catering and marketing and and all the other moving parts, man. What it, I mean, we... I'd like to, th- I'd like to make this a three hours, uh, episode, right. by the way, I really, I really truly would. Cause it would be fun. So a couple so just some, here's some rapid fire. What's the weirdest donut that you've like thought up and it actually, you got it out there oh. and people bought it and ate it. So think for a second. I no, I, I, they come straight to mind. Like okay. there's two really cool. Um, we saw somebody had done like, I think a pizza donut. And so we we're like, man, if they can do it, we can do it better. And so Wait, what's in this thing? Did- Hang on a second. Pizza like sauce. Pepperoni yeah, cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, we did a, um, I'm trying to remember what the base donut was. I think it was like a rosemary cake um, donut. Oh yeah. And you know, then, regular base for a donut, right? You know, right. <laughs> and then we did a uh, tomato glaze on it. Um, Beautiful. We threw a big piece of pepperoni and some mozzarella cheese and then torched it at the top and oh, served them out. Yeah. It was surprisingly like a really good donut, but okay. you know, everybody would see it in the case and they just kind of be like, eh, not what I <laughs> How was it looked of. and tasted were two different things. That's kind of yeah. what you're saying. All right. All right. So the pizza then, donut wins. All right, cool. We did another one. That was, uh, let me, maple, uh, maple, uh, what was on it? Maple. There was cilantro. There was sriracha. Goodness. And something else. But that one too was like one of those ones where, you know, people would kind of come in, they're like, ah, you know, it's like eight o'clock in the morning. I don't know if I'm down for the sriracha yet. Sure, um, sure. But it was really, really good. And so we've, we've done those two. And then 
I feel like we've gotten really creative. You didn't ask this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Some of the most, the best donuts I think that we've come up with so far are like uh, the lemon lavender. And really that was one of our early pastry chefs. Yeah, so that was yeah. a good thing to kind of tie into like the whole entrepreneur thing. I've hired good talent that has really helped to elevate what we're doing and take kind of what I built. Can we both just it. pause for a second and agree that that's everything? Yeah. Like you lead and you have to keep leading. But man, when you bring other people's ideas in and you set them free, I feel like that's something everyone needs to hear and absorb. And I've watched you do that, Ryan. You know, hey man, I noticed this, that, and that thing. And you'd respond and go, yeah, that that right there is not me. And I'm going, oh, wow, it's happening for you. You're getting the like, yeah. <laughs> the secret sauce of the band, right? You, you started the Beatles now. You've got the guy... You know, you're still John. I guess you're Paul. Maybe you're Ringo. I don't know. But you're, but you're, you're no, no, no. I got it. You're definitely George. Yeah, you're unsung, but you're really the magic. Yeah. You know, hey, there's a little opinion for you, but yeah, but you definitely are bringing opinion and you're bringing creativity um, into that. So yeah, the lemon lavender, like you're saying, that was so that was somebody else's. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that was totally somebody else's. You know, we we took some other ideas from. I mean, we're always borrowing from the dessert aisle and like different pastry cases. Of course, you know. And so instead of, like I said, pouring cereal, like we were actually trying to infuse cakes and, you know, icings and glazes. And, you know, we've got like lemon zest on top of things and rose petals and all kinds of stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's been, it's been a really cool process. That's we've neat. had just amazing, amazing people that have helped <clears throat> push us there too. Man, and that, what a great way to, as we start to kind of close here. So thank you, by the way, for working with me and not, you know, referencing the dreaded Rona, um, something that I know you've had to deal with and all brick and mortars out there listening and watching the cl sudden closing of your shop in the distance and things like you can have 35% of people in and you're doing the numbers going, well, that means my staff and I and like incredibly frustrating, uh, business crippling things happening and attrition would be a whole other episode, right? Ryan yep. surviving the coronavirus. So now we're here. Things are in different definitions, I'm sure, different interpretations. Opening back up, can we both agree? I mean, they're they're not going the other way, maybe. <laughs> they're at least like stable, somewhat stable. Sure. So the question, I guess, is with that kind of starting to get behind us, because I'm trying to lead some optimism here, is what's what's next for Bougies? What what is in the forefront of your mind right now? Yeah. So um, one thing that I didn't mention, um, not to go back too far, but oh, our right. business is built on. Uh, multiple platforms. So we have the brick and mortar. We do wholesale. Uh, we've got a catering arm of the business. Uh, last year during uh, the Rona Cooties, as I refer to it, um, we uh, launched a kind of mobile vending service where we started sending what were our wholesale delivery vans um, to communities to take donuts to them, create a virtual drive-through. So they didn't have, it was touchless. They didn't have to go out and get out and potentially yeah. expose themselves and we didn't know anything about this thing. And so I think for, uh, 2021, one of the big things is to, I, right before Corona, I bought a, a blank canvas, a food truck. Um, it's a 1958 Grumman Olsen bread truck. And the goal is to take that thing and turn it into a mobile espresso bar, load it up with donuts, be able to take it out, uh, to catering events and, Cool. Um, to weddings and parties and, you know, music venues, you name it. Like, um, so that's a big thing on the horizon. I think for this year, um, we had hoped last year to, um, look at second location. So I don't, last year was, I mean, not to belabor, to belabor that, um, sure. but 
it was, I mean, it was rough. And so we, yeah. it's going to take us a minute to kind of catch our breath and recover from yeah. what happened last year. I feel like things have stabilized, but our, our hope is to open up a second location um, mm. at some point in the near future. And then really is continuing to work on standardizing everything that we do, um, standardizing our quality control, standardizing um, all of our processes. Um, if you guys you know, are looking for a book to read before you start a business, um, there's a book called The E-Myth by uh, Michael uh, was it, uh, Gerber. Um, Wonderful that, book. That, that book is amazing. And they have it segmented in different industries too, depending on what you're trying to do. But um, it's all about the process. So trying to build repeatable processes. So really, you know, trying to continue to dial that in and mm -hmm. create that blueprint so that when we're ready for location number two or three or four or whatever, like we're just basically taking the blueprint, the plan, like yeah. we talked about at the very beginning and just dropping it on the next location and just follow the playbook. Right. Follow the plan, wash, rinse, repeat. Well, the business, again, is Bougie's Donuts and Coffee. They're in Austin, Texas. Uh, sports teams, churches, businesses, bar mitzvahs, retirement parties. Look up Ryan Brown on bougiesdonuts.com. They're doing a lot of things. Look for them on wheels, apparently, soon. Um, and stop by, because it sounds like they are... Am I getting that right, Ryan? Now in February of 2021, you are technically open. <laughs> what, we are open, yeah. You are open. All right. So as of I mean, now, you're last open. Week Wonderful. we were closed because of the winter apocalypse. That's right. Winter yes, apocalypse. We open. Yeah. And so, you know, barring flooding... Volcanoes, tornadoes, zombies. Volcanoes, That's right. yeah. Yep. Earthquakes yep. in Texas. I don't know. <laughs> Planes falling out of the sky. Dude, it's so <laughs> good to see you. It's a pleasure. Your hair is ridiculous. It's awesome. Um, I'm just trying to catch up to the beauty that we call... <laughs> Drew. <laughs> yeah, we'll see about the haircut. Maybe I'll just shave it off on one of these episodes or something, just <laughs> change it up. So, because I've had it this whole time and yours is here, I feel like, all right, if you've got it, maybe I can cut it. So, but uh, <laughs> thanks for being with <laughs> me, cool man. Cool. I appreciate it. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's a pleasure to see you. So, take care, Good everybody. Thanks again for joining us. Peace.